This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by ByMoodLand.net. Hi, I'm Larry Bird. Due to a government loophole, I now own half the moon. All of the front part. The Chinese own the rest. What am I gonna do with a whole half a moon? That's why I'm selling it to you by the acre. That's right, Moonland. It's an investment. You can till it, develop it. Why don't you start a garden? Some folks like to lease their Moonland. The Indians used to think we were stupid to own land. Boom, boom, pow, wow, can't own land. <laughs> but now who's stupid? Not you. And you gotta stay that way by purchasing moon land at $1,500 per acre. I know what you're thinking. Larry, only $1,500? Are you sure you're not stupid? I'm not. I just want to make sure you don't disappoint your kids by leaving them with something useless. Like heirloom jewelry. Don't disappoint your kids. Buy the most luxurious space property in space. www.buymoonland.net Buy some Moonland today. Hello and thank you for cracking another road soda. 106 is gonna go down smooth. I feel it. I feel it down in my can. Mm. I feel it down in my soda. You can. got a great can. Thanks, man. I always felt I had a good can. Yeah. It was good at feeling. <laughs> good at feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, on this episode, who knew shooting monkeys and cats is actually a good thing? Mm -hmm. And is the way of the revolution the way of the juggalo? That's what it seems like to me. I know, and everyone else, I think you're going to jump on board with that as you listen to the episode. Thank you for joining us. This is Road Soda. With me is Justin, Justin Mitchell. Mitchell. I that was like that weird pause where do mm -hmm. I where you were like do I say my do own I say name? My, yeah. Is he going to say my? Uh, with me is Justin Mitchell. I'm Isaiah Cooper. Thank you for joining us, guys. Uh, if you ever want to write into the show, you can write in to us through roadsodamail at gmail.com. And you can follow us everywhere at Road Soda Podcast. And we love hearing from everybody. We're, we're Thank you. Uh, we had a really fun show. Did you have something you wanted to shoot out right at I the really top do. Of the show? Yeah, I just want to let everybody know that like, if you like music... Um, uh, my friend Sean and I uh, started a podcast called Keep the Mids In, mm -hmm. which is a reference to um, it's very common in, in playing guitar for people to equalize the mids out. It's very, very like common. And I, it started in kind of the, I think like, well, I guess it's kind of always been that way, but really like prominent in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. And then I think that afterwards it just kind of became the way to do it. And like Sean and I both bonded over like, I leave them in. If anything, I kind of like... Dip. I turn them up. Yeah, I no truly. I dip a little of the low end out and dip a little bit of the treble and and add the mid. I like I like that that mm -hmm. range. As a matter of fact, I don't play a dreadnought acoustic uh, because they're really boomy. The big ones. I you know you saw mine is very is small. I like this mid range, warm. So anyway, it's called Keep the Mids In. We talk about music. Um, we we do gear reviews and uh, so we, we talk about new releases um, we have this thing called the slept on awards that I made up and the slept on awards means like how did I this album came out this year how did I not know this band existed or I found a, an album from six years ago from this band it's like how did I sleep on this band for so long mm. so you 
you'll learn a lot about music and uh, music production and uh it's just fun to find new things to listen to and so um you, you know my youtube channel is youtube.com slash search find search right which is my search music find moniker. search yeah. yeah when we did our interview together yeah. that, it was like your yeah. your moniker for That's everything right. search find yeah. search. on instagram at search find search you know you can listen to some music uh, search find search dot bandcamp dot com right you know so um, just kind of putting myself out there making some music and uh, so if you like music you like guitar you should definitely check us out Keep the Mids In Keep the Mids In mm-hmm. and that's on Apple Podcasts and- yeah it should be everywhere I'm not really I'm new to this I'm not really good so I, I just found out RSS feeds are a thing after I released it I was like oh it's nowhere it's nowhere <laughs> yeah. what do you mean people don't know I exist you know so uh, yeah but it, it should be on everywhere you yeah. come out every Wednesday because the middle of the week you got to keep the mids in i get it yeah we also have a segment of like how did you keep the mids in this week which is how did you increase the good in the world how did you what 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 way did you keep the mids in in your everyday life you know spreading because mids are good don't don't get rid of them it makes me think of i can't tell if you're talking about music or if you're talking about swag weed keep the mids in because you remember how weed used to be there used to be is that mids Mids, that's right you got mids or you got like dro or something yeah mids and dro and Mids used to Mids be- and Dro. <laughs> can we make a rap group called Mids and Dro? All right, this. I'm sorry. This. Is the- <laughs> can, can we? You you've been in the rap group. That's right. That's Mids right. and Dro. Wait, which one of us is Mids and which one of us is? I'm Mids. You're, You're Mids. Dro. I yeah. gotta be Dro. You gotta be Dro. Okay. Doctor Dro. Is that not a thing yet? Light podcast clapping. <laughs> Light podcast because Dro is not Doctor Dro is not a thing yet. That's right. Man, this is going to be a great episode. Well, duh. Silicolin is the number one doctor-recommended stool coagulant. Polymers invented by the world-renowned Dr. Koshi Kolanabi bind the matter in your large intestine so that your movements require virtually no cleanup. Originally developed to treat anal seepage, silicolin is for anyone who desires spotless underwear and a streak-free toilet bowl. Side effects may include acute anal seepage, upset stomach, bunions, spina bifida, night terrors, night sweats, terror sweats, and a loss of sexual identity. If you are experiencing more than five seizures a day, stop use immediately. Leave toilet paper behind and ask your doctor if silicolin is right for you. Hello, it's Dr. News back in town bringing you the news Mm -hmm. filled with news. Penicillin. (laughs) Penicillin for all the, the clap you got. That's right. Do you know how crazy it was? I heard this podcast, just a really, really podcast about how deadly syphilis was until they found penicillin. Dude, can you imagine? They used to just take mercury and rub it on your open sores, nice. thinking that that, that that was one of the cures. How did they get there to bring it back? What do you mean? Mercury. How'd they get all the way there to bring uh, it back? They uh, they sent a lot of people. Yeah. It was a lot that. of people. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Most people never got the treatment. It was too expensive. Yeah, that's fair. But isn't that just insane? They all were right. just... Mercury. Uh, first up on the news chopping block, monkey massacre, bloodthirsty British tourists, and even kids shoot monkeys for quote-unquote fun and pose with their corpses. 
on budget hunting trips. Look, let me tell you right now, I misread that headline, and I thought monkeys were shooting kids for fun, and I was like, cool. what <laughs> is happening? And you thought, hey, remember all that Planet of the Apes jargon? Yeah, and I also, I, I will say, uh, my reaction was not probably what it should have been. I wasn't like those poor kids. I was like, word? Like monkeys? So they got those they got monkeys got to shoot guns? What kind of guns? They got they got big ones. Yeah, man. <laughs> I want to right. see a monkey with a bazooka. All right, let me see a body of a. Uh, I want right, to see a photo of a monkey. Let's scroll down. First. So this comes to us from the sun. There we go. That looks Aww, like a type that's of a baboon. Yeah. Bummer. I was gonna say macaque. Well, you'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look too happy. The the guy that shot the the British asshole, as you can see, he's very white. He's British. He's white. trying to look tough. He's trying to look tough, but you can't look tough when you. Shot a monkey, the most monkeys, the most. Oh my gosh! And look at this. I uh, so, okay. Oh, that's sad. It is very sad. Uh, we we. Uh, this is Skeksis Arrogance, which you'll learn about. Look at this one. He was so happy about this. So um, these people are very oh, very I excited don't like about this. this. Now we don't like this because on first, so obviously the headline and then us talking sure. about it and everything. It's made to make us feel like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. fuck. But in all probability, yeah. there is, I'm sure, in this area of those certain monkeys, a type of calling that happens sure. or a type of maintenance that needs yeah, to be got done. To be. Yeah. And that's the only way this is happening. It's either, A, we have uh, our like federal employees go out and they have to go kill them. Sure. Or we make money we make on money. it. Yeah, absolutely. And we have these people do it. So yeah, I mean they do it with uh, bull rhinos who are sterile, right? Yep. And they they can no longer make babies, and they're killing uh, yeah. male calves that could make babies. So they're like, we can make two hundred grand real quick for the conservation place. I totally yep. get that. So yeah. then you have like the the Jimmy Johns, like the CEO of Jimmy Johns, shoots one, and he's holding up with it. And everyone, he in fact he's saving the rhinos by killing that rhino sure. more than any other PETA member has ever done by not eating rhino. That's right. And <laughs> and. They um, and and then everyone boycotts his fucking sandwiches because sure. it's just clickbait. Yeah, bullshit. It makes us. I love how they put it in parentheses. They put the word fun in parentheses. Yeah, and but what's weird is they use single quotes. Aren't you supposed to use double quotes? Uh, maybe the whole thing is supposed to be in quoted. Double quote. <laughs> but who are we, who are they quoting? All right. Well, why did they have to say monkey? There's so many questions. Monkey we massacre. could totally read this, but I think we get the gist of what's yeah, happening. Yeah, we get the gist. I think we get the gist. That that's what this this segment should be called. It's the gist. The gist. I'm writing that. <laughs> Don't be surprised when you come back next week to the gist. I get the gist. Using mouthwash after exercise has this bizarre effect on blood pressure. Study claims. Dude, these people need to stop getting grants. Yeah. It's gone too far. Okay, so this is your initial response when you when read I saw this that some college professor is getting too much money and has for, to spend it he has to spend it by the end of the fiscal year and produce some research and he was at the gym he's like, he's, he used mouthwash <laughs> slapped like, a blood pressure machine you come here yeah I mean this is alright so what am I looking at here so I warm 100% you are warned because this makes all your clickbait bullshit sensors go off you're like this is stupid this is right. the dumbest thing and it's almost like somebody just the, how are you connecting the dots? Show me mm -hmm. the dots that connect between working out and mouthwash. How? That doesn't make any right. sense. But I began reading this, and then it actually started making 
a lot. I was like, oh my god, that's right. like they're actually making sense. Here. Hey Isaiah, do you think you could give me the gist? <laughs> Can I give you the gist? Well, the gist of it is, do you want me to actually read it, or I, I think I might be able to explain it. Hold on. The real, uh, so what they did was they had a bunch of people work out and then immediately post workout they mm-hmm. had uh, people swishing with mouthwash and they had people uh, not swishing mm-hmm. with mouth or they had, it was like placebo right mm-hmm. they found out uh, that if you swish I'm if sorry you, the placebo is just like it just it has to burn <laughs> it has to burn so it has to feel what like are they gonna give them? <laughs> so what did they give them what did they give them oh man I don't know and it has to be like it's just uh, like it has to be neutral. It has to be, yeah, you know? because so it can't. It can't do anything. So it's like it's got to burn, and it can't do anything. Otherwise, it's not a. Control. That's the most difficult. Though that is that's impressive. That's the most impressive thing yeah. of this entire. Who's the guy that came up with the stuff these people switched with? Yeah. So the um they realized that the effects of on low br- blood pressure mm-hmm. that you see post workout for many hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, was shortened to only about two hours after you used mouthwash. And that's because, I guess, the nitrogen that is... I Hold on, let me... I had to be honest there for a second where I actually paused it to kind of, like, catch myself. Uh, yeah, so uh, your muscles your 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 uh, produce nitric oxide, mm-hmm. which uh, relaxes your blood vessels and opens them up. And it found out that most of your nitric oxide that is that is created is from the bacteria in your mouth. Interesting. Yeah. So when you take away like that vast majority of nitric oxide that is produced post workout, I guess from uh, the bacteria in just your mouth, uh, then the effects of of your lowered blood pressure uh-huh. is then have because that's such a great amount that they are creating. Isn't that? Yeah. It is, it's really really strange. Like. Uh, this article actually does. I just want to. I'm trying to steer away from just reading so much of the articles, um, unless I started. I began like highlighting certain parts. But the findings show that nitrate synthesis by oral bacteria is hugely important in kickstarting how our bodies react to exercise over the first period of recovery, promoting lower blood pressure and greater muscular oxygenation. 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 I live in oxygenation. You guys are out there in oxygenation. Yeah, what's up? You guys breathing or what? What's going on? You guys a bunch of trees? Are you are you not a, dead? <laughs> All right. <laughs> in effect, it's like oral bacteria are the key to opening up the blood vessels. If they are removed, nitrate can't be produced, and the vessels remain in their current state. Yeah, and you know what's it's interesting is uh, nitrogen, or that that the NO is uh, something that people will take prior to a workout in, yeah. in order to have that effect. Uh, uh, you know, to I wonder if that would mitigate and stuff. Yeah, interesting. I also, as soon as that I I, I learned that, yeah, I was like, I wonder what kind of ridiculous fucking supplements they're gonna come oh, out yeah. with. Oh yeah. Absolutely. What kind of insane... Just put this in your mouth to get three times the nitric oxide. Put it up your butt. Actually, most of your nitric <laughs> oxide comes from your yeah, ass. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you're listening, just just go go to the gym, do something that's hard, and that's it'll be just fine. You don't need all those stacks. You don't need all those... Hey, man, stack or stack. Meet the company that's changing at-home dental... Industry, the at-home dental industry, which is an industry I didn't know existed. Yeah, I know. That's isn't that funny? Yeah, that's why I chose this article. Yeah. Not so much that it was like what they're doing. No, it's, it's great. Like, oh, I didn't know. You mean I don't have to go to the dentist? <laughs> I mean, I could just 
at-home dentistry. You know everyone. You know the at-home dentist. Right, right. I'm a dentist hobbyist myself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what they're making it sound yeah. like. Uh, but really, it's just like a company that sends you, like, those, basically, it's like a Visalign and then also, like, sure. teeth whitening. Wait, it's Visalign? Oh, yeah, it's opposite of Invisalign. So, Invisalign, you can't see them. Yeah. But this is so you show people. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone's flexing on everybody. Like, yeah, it's no big deal. I got, I got these lines. Invisible. You, you could see them. Yeah. I got sick of telling everybody I had Invisalign, yeah. so I got Visalign. Oh, Invisalign has like Gucci branding and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Louis. Like, you the know they're, they are really missing out. Yeah. On like a whole. Hold on, we, we got vampire. We, we need teeth to market. cover up the mic real quick because <laughs> we we gotta work out this idea before we release the podcast. Everybody, uh, but that was really what that one is about. All right, it's just some. You, if you want to know the company, if you really, if you're, I'm sorry, if you're an, uh, a dentist hobbyist listening to yeah. the podcast, I'm sure you already know. Sure, <laughs> you've, you've been there. And this next one, before I click it, okay, it's not so much about the article. You could see how I what I wrote here was. You know how I know they are listening. You remember mm-hmm. how not too long ago we were uh, when we yes, talked we about. Were. And they said, anytime you think the microphone listened, it totally didn't. Right. The algorithm is really good at predicting you. Sounds like something someone would say. If they were listening. If they were listening. I wasn't listening. Yeah. That's just what somebody who was listening would say. Um, yeah, so we were talking about that when we watched The, the Great Hack, mm-hmm. right? And this article came up on my... Uh, it was it was it like it was sent to me I think through a Google uh, alerts, but even on the how it was I, it just doesn't really make any sense because none of this is, are my interests really, right? Right. But there are they are someone's interests. <laughs> Berkshire The Edge, news and ideas worth sharing. Grassland bird conservation to be discussed at lecture. Yeah, it sounds right up your alley, doesn't it? Does. It? <laughs> it, it does. This article was so your, like, interest. I was yeah. like, how is it? Did they send it to the wrong person? Because, like, this is, like, it's, it was so, I was like, did, have I been researching a lot of conservation stuff about no, grass, d- wetlands, and they, birds yeah. and stuff? Uh, well, I do log into your Gmail a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot. And, I, and I'm actually surprised it didn't show up sooner. Yeah, yeah. So if I want a free trial, Isaiah. That's, that's you know? right. If I, yeah. So. I just put that all on you. Hey, man, yeah. I've been doing the same thing to you. Are you serious? <laughs> but uh, it's Is like, that why I got all these at-home dentistry emails? Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be going to me. At its monthly meeting, Monday, September 9th, at 7 p.m., Guardian Life Insurance and Hoffman Bird Club will present Conserving Grassland Birds in New England with Mass uh, Massachusetts Auburn Bird Con- uh, Conservation Director John Atwood. Uh, again, it's not so much about the article. It's yeah. just I thought that was really This is funny. great. And it was perfect that you were going to be on the podcast because yeah. this is just very much... I think it was like... I honestly, I honestly don't remember the Google alert that it came up for. It was something strange, like a, it might have just been like podcast or something. I don't know, um, but it was just it was worked in there somehow, and I was like, "What the fuck?" This, this is yeah, this is great. So they're looking at like um, um, population stability, and they're looking at uh, <laughs> this is cool, man. This yeah. is great. This is great stuff. This is really great. So Grassing. it looks like. Um, there's some there are some insectivores that are covered under the U.S. Endangered Species Act, and so they're doing long-term study of factors that are affecting. That's great. Yeah. So they're they're trying to, 
use like um, aerial imagery and climate data to try to see you know why their numbers are falling and I'll tell you why their numbers are falling cats cats I'm not <laughs> I'm not kidding they kill everything you should you should go <laughs> I should go there everybody hey, I've solved the fucking you just problem. walk up take the mic hello, excuse me hello excuse I'm me. so sorry uh, yeah my name is Just. no one one minute please sir sit, uh, no you sit down okay. <laughs> listen stray cats are devastating they're devastating the nesting bird population in all of the world dude that is um we should maybe we should we can we can have an open season on the cats and we can and then we tourists. can pose with them like dead cats. Like, yeah, <laughs> you can have tourists come over and hunt mm-hmm. cats and pose with them just like yeah. that, and send them back to England. That's great. Funny, uh, funny enough, they actually do that in Australia. Dude, they have to. They have no to. joke. <laughs> they actually, yeah, man, in Australia it's and they rough. Too. So if you learn anything from the gist, yeah, it's that um, there you can go kill cats in Australia, and you can do dentistry at home. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Reggie Johnson's Weight Loss Hair Growth Serum. Are you a fat guy who wears hats or a fat lady who wears wigs? Well, stop. With our new patented formula, turn your fat into hair. This serum is guaranteed to change your fat on a molecular level into hair. They said it couldn't be done, but they never met Bob Chansey. Hi, I'm Bob Chansey. I used to be so fat and bald. Now I'm not. Join Bob and hundreds of others who have purchased our product and watch your spare tire turn into hair power. I'm Reggie Johnson, inventor of the magical weight loss hair growth serum. My brother has cornered the dick pill market and I have cornered everything else. All you do is take a squirt of this shit, put it on your fat ass and your bald head, and bam, stop looking dumb being fat and bald. Get yourself a head of hair like a lion. You're gonna be so damn skinny with so much hair, people gonna freak out. You're gonna scare kids. Turn your life around with my weight loss hair growth serum. Reggie Johnson, scary skinny, scary hairy. Millennial Book Club. Magical barnacle cluster. That's right. Mm-hmm. My favorite type of clusters. My favorite kind of clusters, the magical barnacle kind. Uh, they, I heard the dolphins like to get high on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, that was a reach. But guys, this is the Millennial Book Club segment, the MBC. We we're just fucking talking about Netflix. That's right. It's just Netflix originals. We suggest... A, uh, a homework assignment, if you will. Mm-hmm. On the previous episode, you guys watch it throughout the week. You come back to the next episode, and we talk about it. This week was The Dark Crystal. That's right. And if you ever uh, want to write into the show, you can write your reviews and send them to roadsodamail at gmail.com. Ooh, got the case of the burpees. Roadsodamail at gmail.com. You send your reviews there, and we'll you be you're a part of the conversation. Now you're a part of the book club, and we read those things aloud on on air. Let's see, uh, guys. This week, no, 
It's very, very sad. It's very sad to see nobody wrote in any reviews. But next week, mm-hmm. we'll have a review. We'll, we'll have enough reviews on this one for for everybody. Because the Dark Crystal was... Also, we only... Uh, if there's anything to be spoiled, that's one of the things about the Millennial Book Club segment. We talk openly about mm-hmm. whatever it is. So, Justin, you, you hold the Dark Crystal's special... In your heart, yeah, in, definitely in a very special place, and you were very excited to to jump on this one and watch this. Um, it's not even like a reboot; it's it's no. a it's a prequel. It's a prequel, yeah. which was, I think, a very good direction for them to take. Yeah, and you know, I gotta say, my other thing that uh, I, uh, that I really like about it being a prequel is that it is pretty much a direct prequel, right? It's not. Um, uh, you know, occasionally it'll be like a hundred years ago or something. Mm-hmm. But but you know, to the best of what I've gathered from this, uh, from watching it, and from I, I wanted to rewatch the original movie uh, before I talked about this. It's been like probably five years since I watched the movie. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it pretty much is right before. So here's here's what I want to say because I don't I've never actually seen the movie. But mm-hmm. if you guys go on Netflix. The original movie is on there, so mm-hmm. you could, so everyone can go on. They can watch the original movie, and it's also done. Uh, it was came out in 1982, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it's that like puppet style that mm-hmm. was very. I mean, this was a Jim Henson mm-hmm. movie, so it was the kind of thing that uh, everyone was doing, uh, like the Neverending Story and the Labyrinth and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Those movies were huge. You know, Jim Henson also did the Labyrinth. I had no idea. I'm going to Google that. I'm going to fact check myself, but I'm pretty sure that he also did the labyrinth. Take her away with a fact check. And um, But what I did, because I watched this, uh, I watched the show, and I was blown away at the production quality of, because of, it's a show. This is going to be a series. And one, mm-hmm. Each episode's like an hour long. Yeah, story by Jim Henson for the labyrinth, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So, mm-hmm. he, and then uh, uh, what I did was I went back and I just kind of clicked through like kind of scanned through the um the movie just to see the differences like this is a 1982 like all puppetry there's no green screen there's nothing Mm -hmm. and this is puppets and green screen let's i just wanted to do a comparison i noticed in the dark crystal movie Mm -hmm. um are there no uh gelflings is there like only one left in the whole world um I'm allowed to spoil things, right? Yeah, of yeah. Course. No, no, no. He does run into other Gelflings. So that's right. I literally yeah. clicked the point where he sees another Gelfling, and that's how I knew because he went. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that this show that we're about to watch mm-hmm. does not have a happy ending. No, and that's what. <laughs> Oops. And I don't remember if 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 we talked about this online or offline last time, but I did tell you that like this is that one of the things I I loved about it was that it is not. These like the Skeksis are not Disney villains. They no, are villains. they're villains. It's, they're it's, gross. it's dark. It's gross. They're evil. And and yeah, it's not happy. Yeah, know? like the Skeksis, even in the very first uh, in the first episode. So uh, we have the princess Gelfling. Like you have the Gelflings that are living there on this planet, and they are completely uh, subservient to this. Uh, what is it? The Skeksis. Uh, Skeksis. Skeksis. Yeah. And they uh, the Skeksis from. The, the little story that it tells at the beginning of the show or the beginning of the first episode is I guess they came down to this planet mm-hmm. and then they tricked like the guardian of the crystal into not giving a shit about the mm-hmm. crystal any longer and so that by they, by doing what by building a device that allowed so the guardian is basically like a um, a shaman for lack mm-hmm. of a better to try to help people understand and and they gave a, 
basically a seeker, right? Mm-hmm. Like a shaman, access to all cosmic knowledge, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's like a kind of like making it really simple. Right. And that's like basically giving an addict like here's everything. Here's you know? a mountain of, yeah. of blow. And we'll we'll take it from here. We'll take it from here. So yeah, so she immediately so this this uh this this overseer or whatever stops giving a shit right. about the planet and doesn't right. really oversee this crystal anymore and they begin using the crystal uh, for their own means throwing mm-hmm. everything out of balance and then also they do kind of a 19 is it 1951 Fahrenheit or the the or is it Orwell they they start burning books like oh, okay they, yeah they, so basically not only do they give they distract her but they also pull knowledge mm-hmm. So knowledge that she they then had, change the history. They rewrite this kind of history and they protect this knowledge so that you know the the actual citizens of this planet don't fully understand. Yeah, what they're, they're they, doing. it keeps their subservience because they believe that these these beings are have come to their planet and they have given them everything. And they're and altruistic they, and, and they're, they're yep. oh my god, they're mm-hmm. so benevolent and they're amazing and they've mm-hmm. given us everything and mm-hmm. uh, which of course is not the case mm-hmm. by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. One second, I'm just uh, looking at. Okay, but I. So I started watching. I started it, and right for, as soon as it started playing, there was like a couple of seconds. I wouldn't say a couple, maybe like a minute or two, where I was like, really just looking at the puppetry, and I was like, man, and I was kind of like, I wouldn't say turned off. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not the right word because I wasn't turned off, but I was like, because like. It's puppets, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking at puppets, mm-hmm. right? And because I was uh, in the faces and like the the emotions and like the way they moved, they still like bounce around, like yeah, like yeah. They don't try to hide that they're puppets. No, right? They're, yeah. These are puppets, mm-hmm. and like I was like, they still like walk the way Elmo walks. Mm-hmm. Like they're just bouncing around, like yeah. And um, and and like there's not as much like they still blink and they have a, the um, the mechanics are. Years better than the 1980. If you look at the one from 1980, it's like there's much mm-hmm. more detail in the mm-hmm. face and everything. But it's still like puppets, and it. But it didn't make me dislike it. Mm-hmm. And what I really noticed is the idea of puppetry, and the reason it's going to work, and the reason everyone's going to like that is because it. It's almost like it's working solely for the fact of like nostalgia. Because if you were to take somebody who has never seen puppetry ever in their entire life, and then that, let's say you took the Dark Crystal mm-hmm. and then like did it all CGI, and then you did it puppets and CGI, and you said to somebody who had never seen any puppetry and said which one do you like better, mm-hmm. they're probably gonna be like that one. That right, of course. A lot better. And also, they're you know it's almost like um, at face value, you're like man, these special effects suck. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like what are they doing with these puppets? Right. Um, yeah, but but of course that's not mm-hmm. it's not the case. It's it's in fact what they're doing is absolutely brilliant. It's an amazing and when you be, when you jump on board with the puppets and you jump on board with like knowing the skill and everything that goes into what they're doing, like there's hands in the asses of every single <laughs> one of these characters. Like, <laughs> that's a great like. Great. Yeah, dude, and it made me, and then it started making me think about everything else. I'm like, I wonder if all the puppets are puppeted by the actors doing the voices. Is it a, is yeah. it a puppeteer actor and then a voice actor? Like, uh, which I'm ninety percent sure that's the case. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, I wouldn't know. I'm just mm-hmm. at the same time, just the whole mm-hmm. dance of it is is still fucking amazing. So it's let me brilliant. ask you this: How soon into the episode mm-hmm. did you? Um, 
How soon into the episode did you did you find yourself in in immersion, like not noticing? It wasn't. It wasn't very long. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was really like the first couple seconds. You see the them and um, and to be honest, I think it's more so with the Gelflings than it is with the. Uh, of course, because they're oh, it makes so, so much sense. They're humanoid, right? Yeah, they're yeah. humanoid, and you yeah. notice more with their faces and whatnot. But yeah. these big, like bird creatures, like mm-hmm. in they, dude. Honestly, if you look at the these like bird creatures mm-hmm. in the movie from the nineteen eighties till now, they like they're like identical. So yeah, it's and like it's, this, yeah, and I I love the. I love the design. Mm-hmm. It's like it's this weird, decrepit, evil like. It's it is it's, it's embodiment. Great. It's yeah. the embodiment of just this like gross vulture. Yeah, and that really what is what they are? They're fucking vultures. That's They're energy right. vultures. And so let's like talk about what is the the concept of the Skeksis? What is their goal? Just to live forever, eternal life, mm-hmm. right? And 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 when they came to this planet, how did they how how did they find that they could have eternal life? By absorbing the power of the the crystal. That's right. The crystal. <laughs> yeah. So, got these weird bird people. Mm-hmm. They come down, and they create. They create basically a like caste system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Which which there was royalty, and there were also like gelflings that lived in the forest, and gelflings that lived you know in here. And so there's different tribes and stuff. Um, but yeah, they, they basically came in, created a caste system, and identified a resource, mm-hmm. and wanted that resource, and manipulated the population to believe that they're... It's, it's, it's so reflective of, like, society in the mm-hmm. real world. And, and, like, and what's funny is, like, you don't even really have to try to do that. You just have to make a story about evil people doing evil things mm-hmm. to, to, like, a society and a culture, and... And in, inevitably, it's going to become reflective of, course. of what the fuck is going on in a way. And in this case, the the citizens, right, like the subservient, I guess, to, to oh, is a word I might be able to use. They they truly believe that they're being helped. Mm-hmm. Insofar as the army is like Bushido code, we die for them. Yeah, they are more important than our life because they are are the the source of all good things for our family mm-hmm. i will die to defend them mm-hmm. you know i will give i will tie the last of my fucking crops and the last things that i have to you because mm-hmm. you give mm-hmm. all to me it is very yeah yeah it is it is great dude i i was watching and, and ah, dude it's got it's definitely i think as time goes on it's going to have a really really solid following on yeah. netflix because uh-huh. it, i i found it so easily digestible and watchable and and i felt wanting to continue watching more like i wanted to finish yep. this episode yep. i wanted to at least have that done and i would absolutely continue watching because it's it was a good story right from the beginning the everything about it uh, down to the the um, the the universe that they're creating, and I love like it would go when it yep. was going like it's showing you the different pieces of everyone's story right in the fir- at the beginning. Yeah, and you know you see down in like the the catacombs or the cavern. I'm sure, not the catacombs, but like the caverns, like, yeah, underground. And then it shows you like the name of the places where they are. It's like building that like um, the world building. Yeah, yeah the, like the Lord of the Rings yes. like kind of this is the planet. Yep. You know, and I'll tell you one of my favorite things that it does. That is one of my favorite things that any sci-fi thing does is when... And I'm not saying I dislike... Uh, uh, th- there, it's Anby. It's fine. 
I prefer A, which is what Dark Crystal is. Right. When that spider monster comes into the place, right, and they're hunting it or whatever, nobody stops and does that weird, like, third-person explanation of, like, oh, those are the things that come from here, and they eat this. We don't even know what this being does. We just know that, like, by their reaction, how we should feel about this being. Because this story should be told and felt through the lens of the characters being portrayed. Yes. Right? Yes. So... For all we know, those spiders are are great for certain people. Like maybe there's bigger monsters out in the the desert somewhere that live along with them. And they're like, I don't care about those things, yeah. right? We need to feel about them the same way that the Gelfling do, without um, without being told. Yeah, just yeah don't, don't exp- force feed yeah. us like how our feelings should be. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I I really really like when there is a. I think there's a comfortable balance because I tried reading Dune one time. Oh, me too. I definitely tried. Never. I, I got through like the it, yeah. yeah first, and there was so much fucking Dune jargon mm-hmm. that was unexplained. I completely lost the plot of like what sure. the fuck was going on, like mm-hmm. because there was so many words, there were so many things that were just unidentified. Mm-hmm. But I also mm-hmm. love not being spoon spoon fed everything. Like I, it, it was very well done, and I've I've noticed. So we've done a lot of Netflix original content, like. Uh, reviews mm-hmm. and you'll notice that in almost all Netflix originals uh, like Russian Doll which was fucking awesome oh yeah or um, ah, well, I can't remember the name it was it was the one with Emma Stone and Jonah Hill which was fucking awesome oh yeah <clears throat> um, Pat was really into that oh dude yeah it was really yeah. fucking well yeah. made it was awesome uh, but there's all those shows uh, actually I don't know if they did it but like a lot of them when you watch they will in the very first episode they will, or the very first thing that you watch within the first couple minutes, they will start uh, uh, being like, just spoon feeding you like, I'm this character and I'm wacky crazy and this is this character and they're solemn low and this character, just to really show you like, this is what you're going to watch, please don't turn it off and watch something else. Whereas Dark Crystal was just like, here's the story, this is what happened back then and now you're here watching it. You just fucking get it and you fucking understand. Like, you don't have to do all that stuff if you have a good story. You've got... The story is already just like sucking you in. And let me tell you something that I hated. I would love to hear. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. So it cuts to the the Gelfling that is like a, a... uh, a cave gelf, if you will. Oh, like, she's feeding the. She's feeding, yeah. right? And she, she uh, first, you know, she finds like a piece of moss and she like gets high on it. I guess she like sure. snorts it and she's like, woo! She yeah. like falls, starts flying, and then she calls to the little uh, to like the worms, worms yeah. and she's like, it's feeding time. And then she throws down one handful of moss, and one worm catches it, and then she continues flying. She goes, now uh, be sure to share. Yeah. All right, that's it. And yeah, yeah. Flying. I'm like, are you? Yeah, she's start. She's trying to start some war. Like, know? what yeah. are you fucking with me? Like, am I supposed to believe that, she, that we there was like missing time and she sat there and fed them for a while and then like mm-hmm. flew off, or is she playing a joke on them? Yeah, just trying maybe to, like, it was tongue in cheek or, or something. Or is that all they need to survive yeah. is one little bite? Meanwhile, when she dropped it, there was like thousands that, all yeah. over the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like all that. Yeah. this what she fed them was all over the ground. So it was know, yeah. It so was, that scene yeah. was uh, that scene was important, right? Because what happens is is there's like corruption. Yeah. And and there's corruption because this this crystal that mm-hmm. is sustaining the life on this planet basically mm-hmm. uh, 
has been drained so the Skeksis can have their eternal life, right? Yeah. And it's no longer providing the Skeksis with the energy that they're used to, right? Correct. And so now there's this corruption spreading. Mm-hmm. And so these animals are are, are succumbing to this corruption. Yes. So these normally harmless creatures are now very aggressive. And, yes. You know, yes. I, I, you're, you're, um, you're right. Like, it was important because it did show, like, the docile, the doc docility i'm making up a word at this webster point. webster <laughs> write this down or don't <laughs> um but it's sh- yeah it's showing like how gentle these beasts are and how harmonious this this world is even these strong beasts there is no fear she's like caring for one of the little babies right like mm-hmm. all this stuff so yeah i 100 percent uh, understand it, but because that was so strange to me that she fed these j- three giant worms one piece of moss and was mm-hmm. like, I just got stuck <laughs> on it. Like, that's all I was thinking about. Like, into like the next scene, I'm like, what the fuck was that? You just feed this little bit and like fly right. off. Of course, they're gonna attack you two seconds later. Yeah. You fl- but and so, obviously, and obviously, with Gel- Gelflings, uh, only females have wings. Yes. Right. So yes. She, she was a female, so that's why she was able. To fly Which around. is awesome for like a yeah. whole, like the whole like female female empowerment kind of thing because sure. wings are obviously so much more superior. Yeah. Than no wings. Sure. Like if, if you were like if, if, <laughs> I, it even got me thinking about like the world of of um, like gender within dark crystal Mm -hmm. like so there's the females have wings and the men don't like other men that like try to get like wings implanted like (laughs) right trans trans gelfings i was just really thinking about that i would want that it'd make me want to be a female and then this one dude's like look i don't identify as a female gelfling but i do have wings i do you will call me him that's right exactly (laughs) and that made me um I thought that was just it's a really really interesting kind of thing but it shows just yeah the sexual kind of dimorphism I loved it man I thought it was really really good um so comparatively to so you watched the first one I watched the first one but you I've never seen the movie yeah how did you feel that it compared and it lived to to the movie was it anything disappointing was it no, I think if if my opinion matters anything on this, um, you know, being that like I'm not a cinematographer or a screenwriter or anything, I think the the pacing felt the same. I think that like the music felt the same. I think the world felt the same, and I think that's probably what they were going for because, like you said, with a lot of series, especially like with Netflix, you're gonna turn it on. They probably have statistics for like um, like you know YouTube has statistics for what they call impressions. So mm-hmm. an impression would be. I've seen the thumbnail on my Netflix page. How many people who we thought might like this got this impression and then actually clicked through? Mm-hmm. So how many people on that click through watched the first episode and how many people only watch X amount of minutes, right? They have tons of data. Oh, oh yeah. And so because of that data, the shows are probably written in the way that you were talking about of like, hey, please don't click away, right? Yes. We want another season. It's, yes. And this, this uh, show unapologetically did not do that. Yes. You know? Yes. And so I feel like that that was probably like because they wanted to maintain the you know the world. Um, I think that like you said, the puppets, that movement, I honestly feel like if it if, if that wasn't there, that would have detracted, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to see because it's it's creativity it's yeah. it's expression and um i want to see that you know yeah i don't need to be lied to i'm not a toddler i don't i i want it, it's fine that they're puppets mm-hmm. you know what i mean i want to see this is how this man and his team 
of course referring to Jim Henson, Mm -hmm. this is how he chooses to express himself and how he chooses to tell his stories, right? right? And so, like, it's kind of like, you know, maybe, like, let's say, you know, just because I'm I'm really reaching, but, like, a prop comic, like, it's fine that he has props. I I want to see him use his props. But I'm going to see J.B. Smoove, Mm -hmm. um, which, if you don't know, he was uh, Trucky in Pootie Tang. He's Leon in Kirby Enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Just a really great actor. And I'm going to see him as a stand-up comedian. And, you know, if he started using props, I'd be like, well, this isn't what I came for, but I guess right. it'll be okay, you know, but it, it it's, a, it's a stretch, but... I completely You know understand. what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, and, uh... Monthly Box. Boy, do we have the box for you. Here at Monthly Box, we have a box for everything. Forbes magazine said the monthly box club business is estimated to go over $5 billion this year. Get in off the sidelines. We don't care if you're tall, short, fat, or Jewish, we have a box for you. Tell us what you are into and get a monthly box. There's something for everyone. Monthly drug box, cat box, car box, Alabama hot box. The rock box. This contains items curated for you by Dwayne Johnson himself. Crown box, wet box, dry box, your mom's box. The hipster box, AKA the raw organic cube. Wet socks box, dirty Sanchez box, smallpox box, found porn box, like when you were a kid but you don't have to scavenge the woods, alcoholics box, sandbox, cereal box, and for those those who can't decide, the indecisiveness box. So log on today to monthlybox.com and get a box sent to you. And yeah, I felt like it was great. The most important thing to me was like the nature by which they speak. Yeah. The, that the rhythm of their voice felt exactly the same. You know what I mean? The Skeksis felt the same. Yeah. And uh, and I like that they didn't really try to change it. You know. Um, I I was w- even wondering because I think some of the Skeksis, the characters are even the same because they're supposed to be living forever. They are the, the same. Eternal. Yeah, a couple of them so, are the same. And was, they still like fight. They have that pecking order where they hiss at each other and like you yeah. know if they get too close and they're just like shitty to each other. It's and, so gross. Oh, like there's one it. of them has like boils on her fucking face. Yeah, and it just and keeps it, pouring out. And just yeah. yeah, and like you see it, it's like oozing yeah. out, and they're supposed to be like these loving benevolent, but yeah. all these like ah. Oh, these loving creatures, yeah. but yet there's pus like oozing out of their fucking faces and shit. And it's- so then inevitably what happens, right, is that the crystal loses power and instead of accepting like, oh, we're not going to be immortal, right? They're... Because what's interesting is that... Okay, so I, I won't go there just yet, but so so then what they find is that they can actually... The, the crystal will react to these gelflings, right? And so... Well, to anything, really, I, I'm assuming, but mainly they use these gelflings... And they literally disintegrate them using the crystal and channel that energy into something that will then give them the eternal life. What's so interesting to me about this, and and what I think that, what I'm you know arrogantly assume that he maybe he's trying to say is that these beings they covet life above all else, right? While living one that is not full of anything you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it's it's devoid of purpose the only purpose is to have it is to have right? yeah right and and it's just so interesting because the the things that they're taking the life away from value it so much more right they value hunting they value ex- exploration they value science well their version of science right. they value these books they value knowledge they mm-hmm. value love right and the Skeksis, they're they're not 
to me, they're not looking for eternal life because Isaiah, you're my friend, dude. I don't want you to die. Right. I, I don't want to be, I've known you for 10 years, man. I, I, I don't want you to die. Nothing. To me, it's nothing uh, benevolent, nothing altruistic. It's just for the sake of not dying. Right. And it's, it's weird. It is weird. It's almost like doing everything for the sake of just money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great analogy. It's it's like above everything else. I need more money, more yeah. and more money. But like you're not even then you have more money. You have all you, you yeah. have more money than. Yep. But I need more. I need more. But you've already got more than you can even spend. Yeah. Ah, but I need more. I'm gonna do these things. Yeah. I'm gonna do these things. I'm really gonna fuck this up because I need more money. It's gonna be more money, and then, uh, but yeah, fuck this stuff. I'm need more money, right? Yeah. And it's like, this, I com- yeah, I completely. That is. It seems like. Even if they didn't try to, again, like I was saying before, if they didn't try to make it reflective of, of society, it, it inevitably is. And that is, yeah, man, it's sick because it, they don't care if, if another one of them dies. Like, this, right. they don't care if they're the this person dies or this person dies. Like, the Zexies die off. Yeah. They just want to have their own yeah. personal and life. They want to live. The thing about them is that if there were 10 of them mm-hmm. and the crystal only had enough power for 9 of them, they would all just immediately choose one and kill it. Yeah. It wouldn't even be a diplomatic thing. It would be like, well, he's the leader. That dude knows how to work the crystal button, you know what I mean? So right. it's going to be one of us eight and they would just they would all just probably look at one and then just kill it. Yep. And if I'm not mistaken, actually I'm pretty sure in the movie something like that happens. In the 1982 yeah. movie, they just kill one of them. And they still don't even care. It is violent because I I, <laughs> I I don't remember exactly why they killed it, but I do remember them all like killing and and so anyways, um yeah, it's 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 very interesting. One one thought that crossed my mind, I was like, okay, and this is not how it is, but hypothetically, what if the Skeksis, like every time one of them died, it created like a dying star, like a black hole, right? right. And so they were like, Dude, we can't die because yeah. the universe will be over, right? Yeah. That well, might then be, it would be super right, altruistic exactly. and like awesome. But it's, and, it's not. But it's not. It's just like we want to live forever. We just want to live forever and yeah. fuck everything else. We don't yeah. care if we kill an entire planet. Yeah. We want to live forever. Right. We don't care if we end all the life on that planet. Fuck everything else. We want to live forever. Mm-hmm. And it's just a constant... Once they start living forever, then it's just a constant feedback loop of trying to live forever yeah it's uh it's actually that's one of my favorite arguments for uh in favor of climate change is um let's like take away like my you know climatology classes or my environmental science classes and like what what i've been you know what i've been taught maybe be you know a lie who knows i don't know you know probably like, it's a sign. <laughs> it makes sense to me you know yeah. but but let's say let's just like entertain the idea that that all, all of the climate change and is all a lie and right. it's it's not okay. it's not real literally the only thing that will happen is like we'll just have a better planet you know what i mean it's like right. we'll, this 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 is not this is not a concern. It's like, all right, well, we can still plant more trees. Like, it'd be okay. No, yeah. Nobody's going to die if, because of this. You know, yeah. we can find sustainable agriculture practices, right? We can find, um, you know, and that's why, like, unpopularly among my friends, like, I'm not super against GMOs. I'm not no. super against uh, the idea of, and I recognize th- that the, the companies, like, patenting seeds and things, that's, that's kind of stupid. Yeah. But, you know, I think that, like, a long time ago, we used to burn people because they thought the sun was not the, or was the center. They're like, maybe the Earth's not the center of the universe. Burn him! Right. right? And so I think that, like, the knee-jerk reaction to be adverse to things is something I try to actively avoid. And so, like, when you think about climate change, you think about destroying a, a planet and, and 
you know, GMOs may be the answer, right? Like they may not may or may not be used properly, but we might be able to end world hunger. We might be able to reduce crop sizes, which then we have more places yeah, to and then, turn uh, back into wetlands right, or turn back into forest. You not know, so. burn the, the the reason <laughs> a, a major reason why so much of um, you know forest land or rainforest land is burned is because the lack of access to right. these quality of seeds that can yield have higher yields per less acreage they yeah. need to clear out larger acreage and in a lot of cases it's it's green activism that keeps those quote-unquote genetically modified foods from getting to those farmers mm-hmm. and it's like you don't see what you're because it's 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 strange it's obviously this is a completely uh different conversation for sure. a different thing but it is one that's very touchy and it's almost like though just the word genetically modified or gmo yeah is a bad word and yeah it's, it's and but it's it's used to explain something that for the most part is just simple gen- mendelian genetics like i crossed this with this yeah. long enough and i got this like it's not like anybody went in there with fucking tweezers and yanked dna out and made some kind of monster sure they just bred things right until, which ironically the people who are against it may smoke weed that is like of course okay so look but the point i'm trying to get to is is that not the arrogance of the skexies to deforest because we need more room for more food because our place here is more important than everything else's place Mm -hmm. so 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 to me the arrogance of the skexies is the arrogance of humanity of course you know like the 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 beings that live here are inconsequential because like sure we you know we'd like to be able to see them but like let's just take three put them in a zoo let them fuck and then have babies and we'll be able to see them forever because we need this for our purposes right. and because of these boundaries that we have created um this belongs to me and i can do with it what i please so to me what i love about the skexies is like i said their arrogance is the arrogance of humanity it know? is so and I, uh, you, you have to assume that somebody like Jim Henson, uh, being a child of like the '60s and the '70s, and then being a creator during the '80s, is drawing heavily on some turmoil and stuff. Even for his his earlier his 1980, where obviously he's passed away now, mm-hmm. but his 1980s work is it, it's not nothing has really changed. Um, you know, nothing has really changed as far as like the people in power and the people not in power. Yeah. And, and I do I do apologize for the the kind of pseudo rant because I know it is the Millennial Boot Club, but but it, to me I think that that's you know I just want to say millennial that's what I th- Boot Club. Yes, the, the, I think the, you're onto something. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that like to me I feel like that's what they and also you know you, what did you just say? People who are in power and people who are not in power. Yeah. You know, and that's that's that is the whole nuts. thing. Yeah. I but I, this is this is the kind of of review. This is the kind of deep dive that you want to do on these things. Like this is the kind of. Uh, thinking the critical thinking that a book club deserves, right? Yeah. And since we're not actually reading books, oof, ugh, gross. Do people do that? I've heard. Ugh. I guess people without Netflix read books. Yeah. Uh, but the, for the people with Netflix, they do the Millennial Book Club. Yeah. And so before we move on and we we announce mm-hmm. the next week's, which I'm uh, I'm, I'm always excited. excited. I'm, I'm always excited. This but this gonna one's going to be fun. What? Do you... Where do you rate this? Um, on, the, on the thing? On the I say... Thing. Oh, man. I say uh, the, watch it, right? Must yeah, watch. Yeah, must watch. Yeah. As a firm must watch for myself as yeah. well. Uh, especially if you've got... Um, I want to say like a 13, 14. Because it is it is something that a kid could watch. Yeah. Because there is no like cursing. I mean, there's a puppet violence, but not like blood and gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't like... 
cursing, but I think it's themes that at an age, at an adolescent age, those themes need to be given to a child, and those themes a child should start learning and oh yeah, and, and, and if, stuff. If you do have a teenager, you know, def like watch it with them, and then talk to them about like not being a sheep, right? Mm-hmm. You know, talk to them about questioning things, and and talk to them about not, you know, and and think about like politics. Just because you identify as X does not mean that you have to hold every idea that X has close to your heart mm-hmm. and that everything is the enemy. Like, you know, talk to them about tribalism and talk yeah. to them about, like, these things. Because th- all of these things, uh, all of these concepts kind of run through the show, you know? Yeah, so. and it's done in a brilliant, brilliant way. That is, it, 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 I love the fantasy aspect of it. Yes. I really, really love, like, that feeling of like the the elves and the fucking yeah. wizards and the Absolutely. fucking knights and all that kind of stuff like that is it's it's fucking amazing and then and then it's all in space in a way and it's yeah and i promise the the only thing that i, I do want to say is that i love anything in sci-fi or fantasy where it is like unapologetically itself and and it puts you in a world and you don't question the world i know i've talked about this a ton of times it's one of my favorite things where you can just be Im- immediately immersed like you're like well this is just this how is the world like, is you know mm-hmm. what i mean like when you see somebody eating a weird dish like it's a live animal and they're just all eating it like it's normal and you're like that's well, what that's they just do normal there. that's what they do you know take and like, note if i'm ever on that yeah, planet if I'm ever i have on to that eat planet. an ass first yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how they did it on the planet. Yeah, man. Must watch. So what do you got in store must, next week? Oh, I'm, I just want to say I'm putting a must watch as well. Okay. Yes. So next week on the Millennial Book Club, Hyperdrive. The Il- tagline should be Ninja Warrior for Cars. Sorry. <laughs> Hyperdrive, Ninja Warrior for Cars. Uh, elite street racers from around the world test their limits in supercharged custom cars on the biggest, baddest automotive obstacle course ever built. Now, I want to say we watched the preview for this, and you're really on the button when you say uh, Ninja Warrior for cars. Like, that's what this, this show looks like. I'm really, really excited to watch this show. Anytime we do a Millennial Book Club about like competition type things game shows it's always the most fun to discuss Mm -hmm. and what's funny is is there another show like this because they have not mentioned anywhere a show unlike any other because i've never seen a show where you do an obstacle course with a fucking car so you know i know that there have been some pretty stylized uh videos on the internet that i've seen of people like driving on tracks and doing some like very similar things um but i've never seen a like a competition like this so maybe i'm just out of the loop of this Mm -hmm. particular subculture but is there a game show out there well maybe we'll find out because this this looks fucking up this has got to be the epitome of what you do when you just have too much money Mm -hmm. and you've got too much of everything yeah (laughs) you create an obstacle course for fucking cars but i mean i'm willing to indulge i'm willing to dive in and and watch hyperdrive yeah and uh everybody watch hyperdrive this week uh if you watch it feel free to send your reviews to roadsodamail at gmail.com so we can discuss what you guys also thought and if you want to Send us an email about how you felt about Dark Crystal. Yeah, and please. You, you can still do that into next week. We don't care. We'll yeah. still read that. Tell me how my analysis is super wrong. Tell, or how it's super right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
we we love Dark Crystal. We think you're going to love Dark Crystal. And Hyperdrive is for next week, and I think that's going to be a blast. Yeah, and have. hey, may I just say that I realize how stupid I am. It's not Ninja Warriors for cars. It's Ninja Warriors for drivers. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> the car. No, dude, this is like the movie Cars. Like that's in my these head. drivers are just in it like uh, for the ride. Man, when we watch the, I think that's how that just is a testament to how wild it is to watch this because in my head I'm realizing when we were watching the trailer, I was like, that's crazy. That car can do that. <laughs> you know. Like, Meanwhile, there's like a mother of five behind yeah, the wheel of the that's car. Right, yeah. That's what the preview said. It like this is. How do they find? I'm. I'm. Is each episode a new group of contestants? Like, where are they finding these pro drivers? I don't know. Sorry, I just. We'll find out. We're gonna find out. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of questions for how yeah. this thing works. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Kids Shoes. How do you lose one shoe? We're gonna be late. Let's go. Get your shoes. I'm a prisoner in my own goddamn home. <laughs> Does this happen to you? Late again for Kids Eat Free Tuesdays at Bob Evans because your ungrateful kids can't find their goddamn shoes? Well, not anymore. With the all-new Kids Shoes, we adhere shoes directly to the soles of your kids' feet. Permanently. Your shitty kid will never make you late again. Kids Shoes are made from real wrought iron so you don't have to worry about them wearing down over time. We know the worst part of owning kids is the constant growing. That's why once a month, one of our shoe techs will come to your house and refit your dirty, stupid kids with a new pair of kid shoes. Starting at one year and up, Kid Shoes, a Popco brand. Justin and I have been friends for quite some time. I think we did, uh, when we did the interview um, with you, Mm -hmm. we had your story, which I love that. So that was that was oh, yeah because that let me into the um, you know the the who is Justin, which I've known you. Yeah. You mentioned for almost ten years, mm-hmm. over ten years now, mm-hmm. and I never knew all that stuff. Like I never knew like the like I was there for in a lot of places like and times like as a friend, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know ever what was like going on in the life of Justin. So that was great. Do you know what I have anxiety about that interview about? What? Is that uh, you were like, hey, man, I just want to interview you about, you know, your journey with music and stuff. And it's so it's so hard to explain my journey with music without all of that other stuff and, mm-hmm. like, dropping out of high school and then living on my friend's floor and, like, having the guitar and all this stuff. And uh, you asked, like, I haven't listened to it because I can't. But uh, I think you I asked, like, two questions. Right. And I was just like, let me talk at you for 45 minutes that about is, myself. That's... There are good interviewers and there's good interviewees. And the good interviewee has, like, just kind of feels the flow of what's going on and is able to give you all of that stuff before, like, Mm -hmm. without having to have it pulled out by... So it's like those questions were just, like, put you in a direction and you are a good interviewee and you knew just like what needed to be said and you knew that in order to tell your story about music you had to tell your story because that's honestly how just about everyone's story with music I mean I would hope is it's personal and close to you sure. and how it affects you and yeah. it grew with you and, but uh, we met you were working at a, uh, a video game store that's right and um, my friend at the uh, my our friend both yeah. of our friends Brian Brian was uh, huge video game guy. You can meet yep. both guys. You were working at the store. He's a big right. video game guy. I, I'm, I dabble. I'm a hobbyist. Yeah. 
I'll play a video game every once in a while. Um, and he, we, we were just at the store and we met at the store. And, yeah. And so I actually, I, I have a detail that you may or may not have, you may or may not remember is um, something that people should know about me is that I am insanely competitive. Yes. And it's something that I really tried to work on. And <laughs> I really credit Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for helping me kind of rein that in about like being competitive internally and not being competitive externally for the sole purpose of that va of validation. Right, like right. If I'm really good at X, then people will love me. Or if mm -hmm. I'm good at Y, right? So now I, I've learned kind of like, uh, and you helped me with that actually too, talking about the weight room. Mm -hmm. You go there, you lift weights, and your whole purpose is like adding numbers to that bar. You're yeah. just there, can I squat this? And you're not worried about how much this guy squats or how much people my weight squat. You're just like, what can I do to better myself? So right. Anyways, this is back when I was like super competitive. I have to be the best or no one's going to like me. And um, we actually had a challenge. There were a handful of video games that I was so confident that no one could beat me that we had a TV commercial that aired from Tampa, like uh, from like Tampa to Port Charlotte. <laughs> so like an hour around radius. And right. if you came in here and beat me, we'd give you a $5 gift card. Right. And you could try. It was every Wednesday. I went into work and the whole afternoon from like noon to five, that's all I did was challenges. And I honestly, I got one kid beat me in Guitar Hero. I gave out one gift card. So it was Guitar Hero, uh, I think Super Smash Brothers Melee. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, Everybody. I can only remember those two, uh, but right. I know that there were at least, there were, there were four or five games that I was like, it's not happening. I think it's such a genius <clears throat> uh, ply, ploy by, mm -hmm. uh, 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 marketing ploy by a video game store. It was my idea, thank you. Yeah, dude, and they got it, yeah. they turned it into a commercial, yeah. and they are like, it's Fucking had these guys yeah. coming from yep. all over. Yep. Uh, it was a mom and pop video game store. Yeah. It was a franchise, and so I was in the commercial, and I was like, uh, uh, like extra douchey on purpose, you know, right. to try to like try to play the heel. Uh -huh. and, uh, and it was funny too because the the manager at the time uh, he thought he was good at Super Smash Brothers uh, as well, and so he started to do it. And his two games were Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers. So Mario Kart doesn't really have a competitive scene that I, at least at the time, that I was yeah. aware of. So nobody came in to challenge that. They challenged for Smash Brothers. He wasn't that great. He stopped doing the challenges. Because he was, you're, you're, you're hemorrhaging the story. Kids are just but, uh, playing you over but, and over. But if I do remember correctly, Brian came in to challenge me for Smash Brothers. Yeah. And uh, and that's how I met you guys. Yeah, Brian did come in to challenge you yeah. in Smash Brothers. And yeah. I remember Brian did a bit of a training session a couple of times. <laughs> To try to win, and he still didn't win. I, I yeah, I um, I was uh, that actually comes from whenever I was working at the Dark Side, the mm -hmm. comic book shop uh, with Patrick. Whenever Patrick and I kind of basically took shifts running it for mm -hmm. for Brian, and um, obviously Patrick had way more responsibility than me, so you know. Um, but anyways, uh, basically there was this group of guys, and it's hard for me to describe this in today's climate. So, you know, I'm just gonna say it, dude. They were like. They were they were gangster like they were thug like these were like Puerto Rican and and black and like you know Latin X like yeah. they were gangster and they would come in and they would do two things they would play Super Smash Brothers Melee and they would do two this was not hey let's have fun all four of us play on one map it was two versus two three stock no items like hardcore yeah the skill is here <laughs> they would only play on this level called Final Destination oh dude I know because those. there's yeah. there's no there's no it's only a flat surface you've got nothing to hide these guys behind. were hard. Hard. They were hardcore. And you know what they did while they waited for their turn? They what? played Yu-Gi-Oh! The the card game. Right. Like like wow. the Magic the Gathering, but like anime card game, right? And 
they were hard. Like, so when I'm saying, like, they were like hard dudes <laughs> that would come in here and, and sometimes you, I just play a smash and you go. I would, fuck? I would have, and, and you know, like, I, I know it's like not always appropriate to do accents, but I'm going to do a voice and this is the kind of shit that we'll I'd try hear. to guess. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they would be doing, they would be playing Yu-Gi-Oh and we would literally have to like break people up sometimes. Um, cause they'd be like, motherfucker, that ain't how that trap works. No, read the card. Read the card. Like, start clapping their hands. Motherfucker, I read the card. Now, fuck you, man. Like, we'd have to calm them down. Like, dude, this is a family establishment. You know what I'm saying? You can't be screaming and, um, about Yu-Gi-Oh! Card. And, and, and it was so great. I loved the energy. And, like, when you're playing Smash, uh, there's this thing called a spike. Um, so, Smash Brothers, if you've never played, the concept is you're on a platform. The more damage you do to your opponent it's easier to knock them off the platform yeah. and subsequently harder for them to get back on. Mm -hmm. If they fall off or if you knock them so far off the screen that they, they disappear for a while, they lose a life. That's yeah. stock, right? Yeah. So you have three lives and you go and you fight each other. There's this thing called a spike. It's a very technical thing that most most of the characters have a version of, and it's where if you can get them over the edge, you can you can double jump, right? So you use one of your jumps to jump after them, you spike them, they go directly down without yeah. any chance for recovery, and then you use your other jump to get back. Right. And every time someone spikes somebody, it would be like, oh my god, like, like all this energy and stuff. <laughs> so basically, I say all this to say that I would just hang out after my shift and get beat and get beat. And it's literally, it reminds me of jujitsu in that, like, you show up and you just lose and lose. So and then this group of guys, what you were saying is that this small group of guys yep. was so good at Super Smash yeah. Brothers, was so insane at Super Smash Brothers, they made you yeah. so fucking good that you were then able to go to a video game store, put out a commercial that went everywhere right. up to Tampa, down to, like, That's Fort right. Myers, and nobody was able to come in except for one guy who beat you. That's right. So none of those guys ever came in. If no, <laughs> no. But here's the thing. So, so all kidding that, aside, all kidding aside is that it got to the point where I played on their level. You know, oh, so man. it starts off like, oh, they uh, they beat me really effortlessly, and they have all three of their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple months go by. Oh, now they only have two of their lives. Now they have one. And oh, now, worked. so I came up to their level, and there were a handful of them that used to go to like big like what they call MLG like esports yeah. e is huge now but this did is they, like, so these guys actually played they played yeah. in MLG, MLG so there were a few of them that like I don't think I ever actually beat you know what I mean but like I, I was able to play at their level until like a hobbyist comes in they can't touch me you know but but I so if any any like professional gamer decided to take it up they probably would have been right. able to or at least come close you know that um, yeah, but yeah um, that's how I learned how to play Smash was by playing with like some legitimate I never knew yeah I never knew that I either how to play yeah. Smash and actually and here's and I will say that like a few times I went over to their houses to play and it was like it was just like the ghetto you know it was like yeah. it was it this this is what they did and and i said you know it's important the reason that i keep mentioning this is because like there are these stereotypes that you have for people and then like you realize oh we are all just the same mm -hmm. like interest mm -hmm. or interest if you like anime you like anime if you like yeah. video games you like video games it doesn't matter there are some hood people out there who love anime. Yeah, and so it was, it, working at the comic book store was, was kind of eye-opening in that way for me. You know, I made a lot of friends from different walks of life that just came together to beat because each other when you video get, games. when you get Super Smash Brothers, you fucking just get it. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter who you are. I love that you start talking about Super Smash Brothers because I'm a huge Super Smash Brothers fan. It's so fun. It is, and and uh, obviously you know that I'm I'm a huge too, and I would be one of those hobbyists that that you would just be able to mm -hmm. completely wipe the floor. You know, there's a Starbucks up the street from here, 
and uh, not so long ago, every Thursday they had a Super Smash Brothers like tournament basically there. Are you serious? Yeah, and I mean not too long ago, as in like it might have, it was probably I think it was like just last year, and um, they would so so there's kids from like New College or some shit. They all yeah. bring TVs and they all bring uh, melee like uh, Game GameCubes. Yeah, and there's there's like they have one of the, you know some of the Starbucks have like big long wooden tables. Sure, they occupy one of those whole ones. They got like four TVs on it, nice. like back to back. And everyone's just like rotating, and they were really good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they were really good. It's fun, man. Oh man, I wonder if they're still doing it. Anyway, so that's um, how we met. Is the that is how you, yeah is is just uh, Justin would be at the game, the video game store, mm-hmm. and Brian would go in there and you would try to beat him, and that's how I met Justin. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, this is this is kind of how uh, I just I don't remember where it was that this thought came into my head mm-hmm. about this scene that we're about to start discussing sure um but as i i thought it's it's always such a fun scene to talk about and you you had a toe you had a, you i did i had a toe in let's talk about juggalos Justin. let's do it man Ju- was that your what was your juggalo name was it justin the juggalo you know i never had one <laughs> do they have juggalo yes names? they do yeah 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 like like fifi and no sniffles? Uh, yeah sure that's a good one actually <laughs> sniffles no i think um uh by the time i worked in the video game store so so that was like high school is whenever i i was like juggalo adjacent you know what i mean yeah but adjacent. at the time at the video can you really keep that distance oh i do you. yeah <laughs> so i think that the reason is because some of my friends were still interested in in that actually my roommate i think at the time was still interested in that um yes if you you know if you don't know there's a uh uh it's so hard for me to use the r word mm. What is the R word? Rap. Oh, okay. It's a rap group. <laughs> the W word? Yeah, no, no. That goes <laughs> rap. Uh, in the, in the Insane Clown Posse, yeah. right? And so they have a record label, and they have some Called. people. Uh, Psychopathic Records. Yeah, yeah. they and do. And so they, um, <laughs> they have a group of rappers that are uh, with them, mm-hmm. and they all kind of have these very um, alternative uh, kind of like in-your-face like bright green haircuts and like um you know uh you know dreadlocks or braids and tattoos mm-hmm. and and they all paint their faces like clowns yeah uh, even if you're not a part of the insane clown posse if you're on their label you have to do something like i believe one you, of them you have to so if you're just like in their rock band you still have to paint your face oh uh, that's a good question i i meant uh if you're an artist on their label you have to so like uh there's a, a rap group called twisted uh-huh. well I'm, I'm saying you have to i'm assuming it's like part of the gig like you're super pumped because you love i don't think they're gonna hire you unless you do that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> Um, and uh, their fans call themselves Juggalos. And that's, um, it's not even that they call themselves that. That's what they're referred to in songs and stuff. And um, so I was, um, it was, it's actually pretty interesting. I, I had moved to Sarasota. Uh, I didn't have a lot of friends. And um, the friends that I did have were um, these, these two guys. It doesn't matter who they were. And um, they, <laughs> they shall remain anonymous. <laughs> One of them is a very successful animator for Adult Swim now. I don't think he wants everyone to know no, that he was a <laughs> juggler. I'm trying to hide my past. Yeah. Also, one day so, he just gets a call. Uh, goes, can you come to my office real quick? That's right. We found some photographs. Disturbing photographs. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyways, um, these two friends and I had a falling out. Um, you know how high school goes, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, um, you're just not cool anymore or you know who knows what happened, honestly. And so... Um, I had been 
kind of not friends with them and then uh we got together you know squash the beef as they say and uh and we got together they, and they, what they say like in the group the the juggalo no i mean group. like in general i thought that's just what juggalos said. <laughs> no man we need to squash that. the beef no 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 so we we put the beef aside and uh <laughs> in the fridge and so we fridged we, the beef yeah we fridged the beef put it on chill and that's chill should beef. be what they that's what they chill. should say put that beef on chill so anyways um and when i get in touch with these guys they were like hey they they were wearing like their style had changed like their clothing and mm-hmm. um they were like we're really big into these bands and so i didn't know anything about them and we started listening to them and uh i wasn't a musician at the time i didn't know it was bad right. you know anyways uh so, um, so we started listening to it, and and I I think that you know I I really wanted to be friends with them, so I would listen to the music when I was you know with them, and uh, um, they would go to concerts. They had a group of people, and so I would go to some. I, I think I went to two of the shows, and dude, they are wild shows. Like, they are <laughs> parties. It is really? crazy. Yeah, it's honestly it's kind of fun. Like it's there are some weird like trashy people but they're also just super normal people who are like hey man I like to paint my face and go to rock right. rock and roll concerts right like I'm a I'm an insurance adjuster and this is what I do in my spare time right so definitely all walks of life mm-hmm. but there is like definitely a a a group of them that are um just really weird yeah really weird which and, kind of make that they always do that that percentage of a group always really becomes the spokesperson. The majority. Uh, the majority yeah. for that group. And I'll tell you what it really kind of comes down to. And, you know, sometimes things that you say are hard truths and they may you know offend you. But the truth is, I think that some people don't know who they are. And I think this is why it's, it's, it's okay that, like, you explore these spaces as a young adult, right? Because you don't know who you are. And you find an identity. And do you ever watch Bob's Burgers by any chance? Yeah. So there's a scene where Gene is, I forget what he's doing. And they're like, oh, this is like the next thing. And he's like, what are you talking about? And it cuts back and he goes, he's sitting at the dining room table with him. And he's wearing a cowboy hat. And he goes, this is me now. And then it cuts. <laughs> and the next thing he's wearing a poncho. And he goes, this is me now. And it's like five beats of very good comedy of him. Like, this is my identity because I don't have one. Right. And, and so a lot of them really link onto this yeah and there's um so there's a small group of them that they 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 you know juggalo is a lifestyle oh yeah and so there are rules and there are politics of like who's whoop, the coolest whoop. yeah that's right Family. and like who's the coolest juggalo and and all this stuff the most alarming thing that i remember okay. from i love yeah the, <laughs> I most love al- the alarming the stuff. most alarming thing that i remember from being uh in in that group mm-hmm. <laughs> is that much older people like late 20s were totally fine hanging out with and buying alcohol for young adults and i'm not saying that all family family baby (laughs) and and so i also i know that um at least in this particular case there were a lot of dudes in their mid-20s who were dating high school girls now here's the thing i'm not here to judge I don't care. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is it, it didn't make I'm a scientist. Like right, right now, I'm, I'm an analyst. <laughs> so trying to put these pieces together of like, well, he's 24. He just got out of college. He's got a pretty sweet job. He's got his own place. And he drives like a nice car. And it's like, all right, I get that. Like right. being a young woman, I could see why 
you might be like, hey, this is something that that I I am attracted to. Yeah, because to. He's, you know, he's, I, he's, I get it. Okay. You know, right. But if you still live at home with your mom, you're overweight and you paint your face with clown makeup, and you're still pulling like attractive high school girls, it's like, what world <laughs> do I live <laughs> in? Family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, uh, what what turned me away? Because I was ready to go all in right. to be accepted, truly. You know, mm-hmm. that's just it. Um, but what turned me away was, like, the 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 amount of politics, right? Like, I remember one time, like, I misspoke. Like, I thought this one person rapping on this particular song was, like, you know, you know, too real for real, legit to quit, whatever the fuck his name right. was. And, uh, and I misspoke. It wasn't him. And then, like, a few of the people in the group didn't think I was down enough. And so if there was a party at their house, I wasn't invited anymore because I had misspoke. Like, uh, it's just not, he's not down enough, man. Like, he's a poser. He's not, he's not a real juggalo. I was like, I never said I was. I, like, I'm not waving a flag here, you know? So they literally didn't invite you to a party because... No, multiple. It's like I was blacklisted. And then, now, not the whole group, but like, we'll say like three of these people, because it was a large group of people. We're like, oh, yo, that's that's Sloppy Joe, not Simple Tim. That's what, right. are you stupid? That's right, yeah. And no so, more parties. Yep, Take him off the party list. That, he, I was off the list. I, w- I was not down anymore, you know? You were it's, not down with the clown. So so it's weird it's this subculture where like i think it it's just like any subculture like the anime club or whatever right it's yeah. this group of people who want to feel belonging and they find it and they really hold on to it and you know they kind of create an identity and and so what's interesting is that um welcome to brain drain the latest innovation in memory storing Last year, our leading mind scientist made a breakthrough in brain recording. This new cutting-edge mind technology allows us to pull every precious memory from your mind and store it for all to enjoy when you are finally dead. Come to our state-of-the-art facility and sign up for the marginally invasive procedure, lasting no longer than the time it takes you to read your favorite Stephen King novel. Have peace of mind knowing the story of how you saved Bobby using the Heimlich at Thanksgiving in 1988 will be told every year and not forgotten with the rest of you. Your family will spend hours poring over the easy to store and share 500 tape VHS box set containing every last experience from your whole life. Visit our Toledo storefront located in the strip mall with Super Weed Mart. Brain drain is not responsible for any information discovered by a loved one that may be unsavory. Your husband cheated on you with Mary, not us. Side effect may include feeling as if your true soul was trapped on 40,000 feet of magnetic tape. We are not liable for any other side effects yet unknown. Brain drain, a Popco brand. Yeah, it becomes like this kind of hierarchy of like, who's the best? Okay, now you're speaking my language. Because if you said Pikachu was in Dragon Ball, I'd kick you the fuck out of my club. (laughs) No, I hear you, dude. Um, But at the, uh, in all honesty, I wouldn't though. That's so crazy that that's like, like, it it really shows that they're so identified with this thing in the hierarchy. Some people join things for like the hierarchy, like the military and whatnot, because they... They don't mind being shit on mm-hmm. because they're waiting for the day when they can shit on. Yeah. And it, and it, that is the scariest kind of person to me. That is the most terrifying person that gets to a position of power and then continues to um, further the negative aspects of that power because, oh, well, they did it to me when I was, but now I'm here. I'm. I, that's just what you do. Yeah. So I just shit on people. That's what you fucking do when you're up here. It's like, sure. yeah, but you don't have to. You're there now. And you can 
Chain. Nope, that's what I fucking do. I'm shitting on you. Yeah. That uh, that is um, and that finds itself everywhere. Not in just the juggalo culture, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, let of me course. let me bring something up to you. Uh, so when I searched, uh, I, I was just searching juggalos on yeah. uh, whatever, and this comes to us from CBS News. This is probably an old, oh, this is an older article in 2017. But what's a juggalo? And then it says much maligned. Is that something? Yeah, yeah. What does much maligned mean? I don't know. Oh, it's it's aligned with an M. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I'm gonna I'd like to look that that word up real quick. I'm so sorry. Much maligned group to rally in, in DC. What is that? Yeah, mean? it made me think it was like the name of a song or like what else they. they so to so malign is to speak about someone in a spitefully critical manner. So to defame or slander. Oh, so the group has been frequently spoken about in a critical or spiteful oh, manner. Oh, much maligned. Okay. okay yeah. Great. That. So I, I gotta say that headline is weirdly written. I didn't know what the word meant, but now that I do, Even thumbs still, down. Thumbs Washington down on post yeah. or CBS um, News. My bad. See, it would have also still post. Who cares? So what's a juggalo? Broadly speaking, a juggalo is a fan of the Insane Clown Posse, a hardcore rap rock duo from Michigan, <laughs> and they're affiliated acts under the Psychopathic Record label. And they're holding some kind of rally in Washington D.C. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Is like that's the <laughs> okay. You just started that sentence with "and" and someone's paying you to write for CBS News. They sure are. The issue at hand is the FBI's designation of juggalos at a loosely organized hybrid gang. <laughs> I think that's given a little too much credence. <laughs> I think they would Dude, love... Wait, the FBI's calling us what? <laughs> well, and so that's the thing is I think that, like, obviously they they don't want that category, right? They, they don't want to be perceived as a gang, mm-hmm. you know, because... I think that the benefit of the group, because it's really, I'm going to trash talk it a bunch because it's fun. Of course, it's, it's fun it's to easy. make fun of people. It's easy to make fun of. Yeah. A lot of them are, are from low socio. Uh, I'm sorry, not a lot of them, but a lot of the ones that that I'm going to make fun of, like the photos you see online, are from like you know low socioeconomic kind of classes, right? It's easy to make fun of those people anyways, right? Like, just like, oh, look at them because they don't know any better and I'm elite, right? I love doing it, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think that the benefit that the group has is, like, it gives you an idea of, like, family. Yeah. Right? It makes you feel belong. If your dad beats your mom all the time and you got to go to school the same clothes for three days and you find these guys are like, hey, I also do that and we like the same band. Like, let's be friends. And it's like, hey, I never had a friend before. I was always bullied and now I feel involved. I get all of yeah. that. So, so we can continue trash talking, but I think that that's of what, that's the culture they're trying to create, mm-hmm. and I think that that's why they don't want to be identified as a gang. Right. But also, they're idiots in everything. Right. Bad apple. Right. Yeah. It's it's it is a really um, they walk a fine line because I I do I completely I, I understand and I, I agree and um, I just. This, uh, I guess they were having a rally in D.C., and it was like 3,000 people were supposed to attend. But this wasn't really the news article that popped up. That was the most amazing. This one, this one was just the, yep, Elon Musk just revealed he's a juggalo. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see how he didn't. Yeah, (laughs) I really can't wait. It's one of those things where you're like, I'm sure he didn't. Uh, Can I just try? Yeah, go ahead. This is a tweet taken out of context. 
100%. Yes! 100%. It is a... Tw- it, it's not even... It's I only know that because Elon Musk is very active on Twitter and his things come up on Reddit. That yes. I, I had to assume that it was a tweet taken out of context. So it is contextual. Mm-hmm. However, it is elaborated upon. From what it, you can't... Oh, you can't just assume that he's he is a juggalo because of what he tweeted. But it is a juggalo. Okay, yes. All right, let's see this. So this is very interesting. This is why I did this. But apparently, the face paint is if you've got your face painted, mm-hmm. it is unrecognizable by face detection technology. Really? Because it's so contrasting black and white. Uh huh. You're then uh, uh, like the the algorithms cannot recognize the face, which. Makes me now. Now it's kind of like okay. Well, now it almost there's a more appeal now to this group in today's mm. climate. Now this group has a has a larger appeal. Now you can you can become faceless to technology. Mm-hmm. That's that's appealing. That is heading towards a dystopian future. You you see the gang that is rivaling yeah. the revolution and mm-hmm. starting the revolution is going to have face paint because and it getting super fucking down with Fago, bro. Right. So, in response to that that stuff coming out, which mm. it's not going to take long for them to fucking like change a couple numbers around, and it's going to find you just fine. Yeah. But when that uh, when that information came out, Elon Musk simply just text. Uh, he just tweeted "whoop whoop" and then a link to the article. And because he said "whoop whoop," bro. And then he did. And then he juggalos said, on Mars, baby, space clowns. And then he says, "Yeah, I like ICP." That's great. Which, knowing him, first of all, who cares what music you listen to? You know, that's fine, so but... If someone uh, replied to the tweet pondering, Elon, are you down with the clown? To which he replied, yeah, I like ICP. Which... It's a huge endorsement. Could be a joke or, you know, whatever, but... Um, <laughs> oh, that's man. That's funny, man. Um, yeah. I also know that, like... Um, I know that... And one unfortunate part about it is I know that drug culture is really big. Oh, yeah. Right? So, so like, um, not, like, psychedelic exploration, but, like, harder drugs. You yeah. Know? So, um, I'm not saying every juggalo does hard drugs, but I do know specifically, like, their larger concerts, which, like, their larger music festivals, much like any music festival, there are places you can go and get any drugs you want. But, like, if you go to EDC, it's like, hey, do you want to do DMT or LSD? Um, is it okay to talk about drugs on the podcast? Yeah. Okay, okay. It's okay to do drugs, yeah, buddy. Baby. <laughs> so it's like, you want to do these like psychedelics? Um, uh, you want to do Molly or something? But I think that like it's much easier to get methamphetamines and, and heroin and stuff like. Um, yeah, like yeah. pills. I'm yeah, sorry. and like some of the guys that I knew that were into it happened to be heroin dealers, right? So it just happened. You know, to be. I have a very small sample size, but you know. Wow, that's what I'm saying. So well, that's interesting. I never knew that. So you know how to get the brown from the clown, is what you're hey, trying to say. Hey, ah. Which, by the way, I just watched a Seinfeld episode where George won't let go that no one knows who Bozo is. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you don't know the episode, he's dating this girl who has a kid. George is notoriously terrible with kids. And uh, that's also carried over because he's written him, like to be Larry David and Kirby Enthusiasm. Larry David is also terrible with kids. Right. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, he, uh, he goes... Um, what does he need a clown on his birthday for? It's his birthday. Why can't we just get him a clown? This is uh, George's girlfriend. And um, he's like, what clown? And she names some clown. Like Joel, like like George would even fucking know. What clown? Oh, it's this guy. Ah, garbage, right? He's only asking 
Because if the answer isn't Bozo, right. it's not the right answer. Right. And she's like, Bozo's not even around anymore. Now that was a clown. You know, he now that like, was a clown. Yeah. <laughs> and like he just latches onto it and it's um it's wonderful, man. It is wonderful. That is if wouldn't that be funny if that was episode one oh six? No, it can't wait. No, yeah. episode, <laughs> episode 100 would be in season 6 no because that's in season 5 okay it can't be it's close well hey it was fun to ponder it was and I'm sorry I ruined it and but. it was even more fun to talk about juggalos and juggalettes yeah gonna, I, yeah it's great it's always a, it's always a learning experience I'm interested to see where this whole facial technology thing goes with them. yeah me too it made me it really made me think of like an anime where it was like cause have you ever heard of the anime called uh, Psychopaths Mm-mm, I'm sorry. Uh, so Psychopaths is a really, really good anime. It's one of those ones where there's not any of like the goofiness to it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like where they turn into like a chibi form and do like there's none of that. None of like the nosebleed when I'm horny and yeah, stuff like that. Which yeah. always was always was interesting to me. What, oh, was that and you thing? know what's so funny is I googled and and the reason made sense. Okay. Um, I have to. I, maybe I'll look it up real quick. Uh, but 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 they actually do have a reason culturally why that. It makes it makes sense, but basically, like, what it is is that um, I just googled it. So it totally did just stop. Yeah, me. I stopped to Google it. It said that uh, the idea is that sexual arousal causes right. um, an increase in blood pressure, and so that is what sets off the nosebleed. This doesn't say it, but I also know that in Japanese culture, like, there's anime, like, kind of like the younger girls, like, it's kind of like kind of creepy sometimes. And I also know that it was something about like the menstrual cycle too. Like, oh, was, really? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that's accurate. That's one thing I read like a long time ago. Yeah. That's why I wanted to Google it because I was like, I think uh, let me a, let me Google. It I think there's another reason, but um, but I I because I was looking about uh, I always say King Kami was Master Roshi. I don't know why I always misspeak, um, but he does it a lot. And I and they were, I almost not and uninvited you to my party. Yeah, and they were young girls, like right, right like whenever um when they first meet. What is wrong with my mind? What is uh, Goku's wife's name? Uh, Chi Chi. Chi Chi. Yeah, Chi Chi's very young and dragon yeah, when they and meet it happens. Yeah. And yeah, so you know, and Bulma. That, Bulma is sixteen. Yeah, and it's happening. You know, so where and all and the the old creepy master is mm-hmm. getting a nosebleed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I um yeah, it was always something that happened. I was like, that's such a uh, but there's none of that in Psychopaths. And uh, Psychopaths takes place in a dystopian uh, future where everyone has a psychopath, which is a number attached to you mm-hmm. that uh, basically dictates if you are in a psychotic state or not. And everyone is scanned by this supercomputer, mm-hmm. and so it's that's how the calculation comes. That's how the calculation. That's how it's calculated. Mm-hmm. If your number goes to a certain place, you're apprehended by the police immediately because you're at risk of doing like committing a crime or doing something bad and then they um they and then they like they you get classes or whatever and mm-hmm. it, like it's supposed to lower your number if it gets to like a certain point they almost immediately put you in jail because to a certain point they're allowed to kill you on site and uh it's so basically it becomes this whole thing where there's like these people that know how to mask their numbers and there's it's it's through the point of view of the police agency and like are they doing the right thing it is a really, really well-made show, and it's very thought-provoking and really, really good. Yeah, so here's the thing. After you describe that, I still have never seen it, but mm-hmm. I am familiar with that that anime now. I didn't know it by name, but I, I that 
either you or my friend John, because you two are the ones who are, are like, like more anime. adept. It's really than I cool am. because yeah. the the gun that they have mm -hmm. is connected to that supercomputer. Mm -hmm. So when they aim their gun at you, <gasps> yeah, it's scanned. It connects to that supercomputer and it scans. Mm -hmm. And if their number goes to that point mm -hmm. to where they're allowed to kill, the gun is is physically changed. Like the it starts charging up. To, right, right. So if you pull the trigger now, you will kill this person. Like. If the number, is, if they aim their gun at somebody, and the number is like within a certain range, it'll only stun them. Like you literally cannot kill them. Right. Which that actually sounds like. There's aspects of it. You're like, is that a good future or mm -hmm. is it bad? It's a really, really interesting show. It mm -hmm. asks a lot of really thought-provoking questions, but it makes me think of that kind of future where like people like there's a rebellion of people that are painting their faces to circumvent like the face scanning in public and stuff like that. And it's really. Um, it's really pretty interesting. Um, well, anyway, yeah. So look, parting words. Every culture from the outside is really easy to make fun of. Yeah. You know, it just is. Um, and I think that, like, the, the, the idea behind the culture is is good. Mm -hmm. um, but, man, if you ever want to just feel better about yourself, there is called us, there's a subreddit. It's called Insane Cringe Posse. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's, it's Surf a little bit of that. Fun. Surf that and feel real good about yourself. Uh, or m maybe just, like, have a realization of, like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Which I'm, is also good. Oh, my God, I'm a juggalo. <laughs> yeah, or I'm just Were you a juggalo trashy. and you didn't know it? <laughs> this whole time I just thought I was face, face, painting my face. I'm sorry, dude. I can't. Broke. <laughs> Late night thing. Um, do you do X? Do you do Y? Or like, no? Does your husband do you do X ecstasy and paint your face? That's right. Yeah. Does your husband often, you know, blah blah blah, etc. I don't know. I'm not ready for this joke, but you get it. It's I okay. get it. Yeah. I think I think David's a juggalo. I don't know. He's been I really... I found clown makeup in his sock drawer. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, whoop whoop. What did you just say? All right. Thank you, everybody. One hundred and six. Yeah. Just drove by, and it was a it was like a gentle drive by, you know. Yeah, it was like uh, like a Mardi Gras drive by. Yeah, like they throw out beads. beads and yeah. compliments. Yeah. And... So what did you learn on this road soda? I learned that human arrogance is Gexy's arrogance, and uh, maybe I need to reflect on on some of my uh, wow. my life choices. You went right for the meat. Dude, you went right in there. I took that beef to right heart. out of the took fridge. That, you took that. You took that beef out yeah. of the fridge on that one. I learned that you that that you can uh, get taken off the the list of party invitees mm -hmm. by misnaming the rapper and an, and an ICP, an ICP song. song. Yep, <laughs> that was a long winded. That is such a ridiculous thing. What else? What else do we have? Well, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. But through recording the podcast, we talked about growing beards. We did, yeah. Was a, that was, yes. So I just learned, because I, I try to grow a beard. Oh! You know what? I am gonna. I got something else I'm going to tell you anyways. So okay. Just because we're just real, you know. 
Um, <laughs> I grow a beard, and it always looks uh-huh. very Amish. Right, right. Like Mennonite, bushy, like um, and and like round at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Insofar as Charles, the black belt at Wolfpack, right, like the fifth degree awesome Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. Charles Dos Anjos, um, he used to call me uh, uh, Amish. Which Did he? Amish? Yeah, yeah. As like a little <laughs> joke. And the thing is, is that you. I grew up with my stepdad, so I just know how to handle being teased. And it's if you, it's a cat. Mm-hmm. If you go along with it and take that joy away, they just they stop. And yep. like what Charles really looks for, and what what he gets people on is he tries to find something you might be insecure about, like yes. my my not great beard. Yeah. And he tries to pick on you. Yep. And then he wants you to react so he can keep picking on you. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, <laughs> today <laughs> we went out to watch the UFC fights at the Ale House with a group of uh, jujitsu guys, Tony Tizano. Mm-hmm. He has a grandfather clock he's giving away. Or he's selling. <laughs> so Tony Tizano's got a Tony, grandfather clock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Is that a brand Does new have, sentence? Does that have a body? Yeah, yeah. Nobody said that before, I think. Yeah. Break that down. <laughs> so, anyways, he goes, uh, I said, you're selling a grandfather clock? Like, I'd like to look at it. Like, I, I think that might be a really cool thing to own. He's selling his house. He doesn't want to get rid of it. And he was honestly just him. It was kind of touching. He's like, I would just give it to you. You're nice. Like, I would want someone to have it. He's going to love it. It's been in my, my possession for a long time. Before you know it, you're going to be a grandfather clock like yeah, collector. collector. You know me, like competitive. Like I have, <laughs> I have the best. You know, within a month of owning it, I'm going to know how to perform maintenance on it. Like I'm a, I'm a. So, anyways, he goes clock connoisseur. Yeah, okay. he goes. It's got a, it's got a little bit of an issue, but um, <laughs> so hard for me to say this without laughing. He goes, it's going to be a little bit of an issue, but. Someone in your community probably knows a lot about fixing clocks. What is that supposed to mean? Yeah, huh? I go, I go, <laughs> and I, I kind of nod my head and smile, and then he realizes I don't understand what you're talking about. It's like, you know, like in in your 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 basically, he's like, you know, you people. And I was like, what are you talking he about? He's like, really? He goes, you're, you're Mennonite. I was like, what? He's like, Charles. <laughs> Charles always <laughs> says you're on. <honest." laughs> <laughs> it so, worked. So because of Charles's joke, a ton of people apparently actually think I'm Amish. Right. And uh, you're the you're the mm-hmm. the, the ass kicking Amish. You're like the superhero of the Amish. That's right. Village. Maybe you should just put the hat on and. Uh, I know. Just <laughs> own it. Okay. So anyways, be there. the point is that that confusion will never happen again because I learned something about shaving beards, and that is that <laughs> <laughs> if you look up to the sky right. and you kind of put your thumb mm-hmm. uh, on your um, like above your Adam's apple as yeah. you're looking up. You should shave up a little area on your neck. You definitely want to have the hair on the jawline and everything. But then as it grows out, it looks mm-hmm. much more square uh, because it's nice and even. And then I guess eventually you don't have to do that because the hair on the side of your face will then be longer than right. that. So it won't look round. Right. It'll it'll look better. That is... See, I yeah. never knew that either. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but my friend Dave, mm-hmm. um, who I do jujitsu with... He's got a nice beard. I, he has... You guys know, like, Christmas time, mm-hmm. the Coca-Cola cans that come out? Yeah. That Santa Claus beard with a wave in it? Yeah. That's his beard naturally. Like, wow. he doesn't have... I mean, it is... So he's got a, he's got a good beard He's got a great on. beard. So that a, was his tip to me. Well, that I would take... You take a tip from a beard like that. Yeah. And now... <laughs> yeah, you didn't learn that... You learned it on the podcast technically. Right. Can I tell you um, just a really quick beard thing of my own? I would then, love to. Because now we're talking beards. Yeah. Uh, as Which of like, is my third podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we got them coming out. Have you have you seen? Never mind. Never okay, mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Beard talk. That's beard talk. That's another podcast. All right. Uh, this week, I shaved my face mm-hmm. with a razor and like shaving cream, close shave. 
for the first time in uh, since 2015. Mm-hmm. And I know because I just remember the last time I actually did it. I mm-hmm. thought the same thing. I haven't done this in years, mm-hmm. right? And it was 2015 was the last time I did it, and I did it this week. And it made me think of something. And um, I, I, so I shaved it once, and it's already grown out a little bit. You can, it's just, you know, it's mm-hmm. stubbly at this point. Um, I'm going to start keeping a close shave almost daily. Really? Because no one's doing that. Nobody is. <laughs> no. That is the Kansas City Shuffle. Beard your part, back. Dude. And, and at, at least everyone's got stubble. Mm. I'm going to do the clean shave every day. Dude, I think you should. And I think that you should go hard and get like a bowl and make your own froth and a brush oh, and yeah. go hard. And do a yeah. straight razor. Yeah. And, go, and go sharpen, hard. sharpen it with the leather. You know. And don't even leave it. You Anybody that's got all that stuff I'm leaves idiot. a cool mustache. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna not do that. You're gonna yeah, go I'm hard all, and shave. I'm shaving it. I also just said sharpen it on the leather and realized that that's probably not what they're doing. You know what it's doing? It is. It's it's with the leather. So yeah. God, this is going way off the tracks. Uh, we could do a whole episode, and I'm gonna write it down. I watched. I discovered Forged in Fire once. Okay. The, have you heard of it? Mm-mm. It's a TV show. This is a very long outro, uh, sign off, but you know what? Yeah. It's more cast for you, people. Here it is. That's right. Uh, one day, I just happened to see the show. My dad had it on. It's where people competitively oh, blacksmith I, I did see this. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah. So, and then I uh, immediately, from from then to like two weeks, I'd watched every episode because mm-hmm. I just happened to watch one. I immediately, I fell in love with it. When you have a knife, microscopically on the knife, there are like uh, pieces of metal that bend out and... It's it's not like a perfectly rigid line. Oh, like on a microscopic. It's level. almost like a comb. Yeah. Like on a, on a microscopic level, it's almost like a comb, right? So as you use that knife, they start to bend out in either direction. If you can imagine, like the comb, like the the things bending out. Mm-hmm. And so when you use like that, um, uh, when you use the what you calls it, like the a, a piece of leather or like a sharpening, you really just, I can't, it's like retaining. Um, it's not. It's like re something i can't remember but you're really just bending those kind of back in back in place interesting yeah and and it, you can't really sharp like reach like sharpen a knife it's almost you're always just always doing that mm-hmm. and then as you do that over the life of the 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 blade that the edge will actually deteriorate mm-hmm. but yeah that is kind of and with the really sensitive ones you have to like the more fine that the the edge of the blade is the more fine the material you use so that's why they use leather instead of like an actual like sharpening stone or something because it's a razor and it's just so fine of an edge that that's uh you can't damage it that way interesting interesting right um but yeah so there's for uh just because i brought up forge and fire no we've never talked about on the podcast i can talk ad nauseum i would love to i i would love to and you know what i know a guy who started making knives really uh in his backyard are you serious and uh yes you know him too jordan rasmussen his dad is a beast of a judo practitioner. He is, and, and I think Jordan is pretty pr- proficient Jordan has as well. his black belt as well. Oh, I'm, wow. I don't think he has practiced since he like got his black yeah, belt, mm-hmm. but um, he is—he's uh, you know—it's part of his life. But I've noticed recently that he has started making knives. I, I watched him make his first one online, mm-hmm. and since then he's just like fucking uh, everything's it's uh, it's blown out to the sides. I, I don't know how I was trying to say that. But he's just. <laughs> So maybe we can even holy fuck. Okay, awesome. That'd be I'd great. Love to talk to somebody who's now making their own. Let's fucking get Jordan on the, on the podcast. Let's then. start writing Rasmussen guys. Go 
to bed early. Go I know we've t stayed up a little later on this one talking, but guys, go to bed early. It's going to change your fucking life. It really is.